Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Welcome to the Beyond Barriers Habits and Hacks show. Do you struggle to differentiate yourself professionally? According to a recent survey, 70% of employers use social media profiles to screen candidates during the hiring process. So ask yourself, does your current digital presence set you apart from your peers? Well, on today's show, you'll learn exactly how to define what you want to be known for and stand out with powerful habits and hacks so that you'll be able to position yourself correctly in the marketplace. So let's dive right in. Nikki, can you share with us why differentiating yourself is important? Well, Monica, here's the sobering reality. The current COVID-19 crisis has had such a huge impact on employment Mm -hmm. across the globe and certainly here in the United States in terms of um, the number of people who've been displaced or potentially at risk of losing their jobs as more and more organizations suffer the financial impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And the economy continues to struggle. So we're going to see a surge of unemployment numbers over the next several months. And so as more people start looking for work and there's fewer companies hiring or potentially slowing down the hiring process, Mm -hmm. now you have the challenge of, you know, a much larger number of people looking for a much smaller um, list of available right. jobs. So in that situation, it becomes uh, even more important for them to, uh, for each person looking for a job to truly stand out in some way. Exactly. Because people, companies are still going to be looking for experts, but they're going to have um, less ability to distinguish between hundreds of people, thousands of people available in the job market. So if you make it easier for them to find you, mm-hmm. if you stand out more as the expert with the solution to the problems that they're looking to solve, right? you start attracting those opportunities instead of chasing them. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's really what it comes down to. And now this is not specific to just this particular situation, even in a great marketplace, it's equally important because if the economy is thriving and there's lots of jobs available, if you happen to be someone who's highly differentiated, Mm -hmm. if you stand out in terms of your profile, your digital presence, you're seen as the best expert in your space, Mm -hmm. there are going to be more opportunities and better and higher paying opportunities that will come your way. And a lot of times, you know, even the most qualified individuals do themselves a disservice because they don't know how to present themselves. You know, they're um, they're dependent on very traditional ways of mm-hmm. looking for jobs, which is um, a resume and clicking job application, job boards, <laughs> job boards right. online and all of that. And that doesn't really help because most opportunities come about from um, referrals, 
referrals come from reputation and relationships. Exactly, so you've right. got to play that to your advantage. And your reputation isn't just built on what you say it is, it's how people perceive you. And so that's what differentiating really comes down to. I couldn't agree more. I was reading the other day that there were some stats out there that said the average person switches jobs every two to three years, and that the gig economy and the freelancers currently make up 36% of the U.S. workforce. And the interesting thing was that if the gig economy keeps growing at the current rate, which I think it will, because absolutely. I think in this current situation, I think there are already projections of the gig economy growing even faster. Right. So this, the research that I read said that it would get it would reach 50% of the U.S. workforce by 2027. But like you so said, in le- less than a decade, you're going to have half the workforce be independent. Right. Um, that has an impact on companies that has an impact on um, the freelancers or independent consultants out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that are potentially making lifestyle and income choices. Mm-hmm. And now you have a far more complex job market because it's not just the straight path to you know, getting a job and rising up within the company. You have experts with a distinguished corporate career that mm-hmm. are choosing to now be independent, but still serve those same big corporations. Exactly. And so, like you said, it's going to be even more important to differentiate yourself. But I have a question for you. As a as a CEO who's employed both full-time and freelancers in the past, what did you look for um, in those individuals that, you know, made you bring them into your organization? Well, first off, I don't uh, think there was much distinction, certainly in how I looked at someone who's full-time versus freelance. Mm, okay. Um, the distinction was uh, of, of the employment category had more to do with whether there was demand for their skills consistently over a long period of time, in which case you bring them on full-time okay. and add them to your payroll. Mm-hmm. But if they were experts that you needed um, periodically, mm-hmm. and it, that demand was somewhat inconsistent, then you might leverage uh, a steady pool of freelancers and consultants. But in terms of how they were chosen, I certainly did not distinguish in that because the goal ultimately is mm-hmm. to find the best talent right. in the marketplace mm-hmm. um, for your organization. And I think most organizations look at it the same way. Uh, even um, large tech companies right. tend to have a huge pool of uh, freelance talent and and uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember numbers at you know all of the organizations I worked at. They were peaking and in some cases already at fifty percent of the population. So there were less full time employees than there were what they considered um, consultants and temps and just you know vendors that they were bringing in. Exactly. So, so in terms of the selection criteria, whether you are someone looking for full-time employment or you happen to be a freelance um, consultant mm-hmm. or a solopreneur, it's the same exact things that you have to do in order to attract those opportunities your way. Because from an employer standpoint, mm-hmm. the criteria is very much the same thing. Who's the best talent? You know, how do I attract them to my organization and how do I, you know, retain them and and, um, ensure that they continue and they're a great match for my culture and the rest of the team and so forth. So um, the things that would stand out 
were certainly first off their digital presence actually mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because when you have a need like in my case if i was looking for a designer or a project manager you know it started from the same thing we have a certain skill set that we're looking for mm-hmm. now we go out and tap into our network first of all right. you would never just go and put a you know job posting out there and have to deal with hundreds or thousands of resumes it's just not an efficient process. So the right. first thing typically would be, well, who do you know within your network that can bring in referrals? So right. that stat okay. that you referred mm-hmm. to, it worked uh, even for us in that I would first tap into within our own network, who do you know? So whether that's your immediate uh, employment circle or your employee circle or you go out to LinkedIn and tap into people you know and trusted referrals that you know to say hey I'm hiring for for this role or I'm looking for a consultant for this role who would you recommend so you tap into referrals right and then based on those you know referrals you start to look at their digital presence to say well what does that LinkedIn presence look like Mm -hmm. Um, are they a thought leader in this particular topic, what does that portfolio look like? Who else have they worked with? Right, um, so you okay. may have worked and, and done very relevant projects, but if that's not apparent mm-hmm. from your digital presence, then you're putting the burden of um, uh, on someone else to go figure out what you're great at. And right. nobody puts in the time or effort. The employer is never gonna put in the time and effort to do that. So you really have to take it upon yourself to not only package yourself and your skills and your experience and competencies the best possible way, Mm -hmm. you also want to then make sure that you're presenting it in a way that speaks directly to that demand. Right. And I would also assume that because you don't have a lot of time when you make the decisions to hire like a freelancer, would you? I don't think that you have like the two, three weeks or even the two month, like, you know, time span when when you're hiring for a full time role. Absolutely. I mean, in in roles that you have planned over a long period of time, let's say there are certain roles you plan to hire for over the course of your year, then, you know, you have a longer cycle Mm -hmm. for recruitment. You go through a methodical process, you get a whole bunch of applications, you screen them, you interview them, you choose them. But the more high demand opportunities tend to have shorter cycles like project based project based or something that might come up as you know you just want a huge deal and it's a large project you suddenly need to go find uh, whether it's full-time or freelance but you suddenly have to fill 40 roles within two weeks okay well in that case you're actually willing to pay a premium mm-hmm. because you have less time to fill those roles but you also have less time to recruit which means you're not going to go looking for a needle in a haystack. At that point, you're just trying to find whoever is within reach Mm -hmm. and the most visible as an expert Mm -hmm. and the most appealing as someone who is highly differentiated because you just don't have the due diligence time. Right. And so if they don't have that digital presence or, or I guess, proof that they're... That they're it really comes down to social proof. Right. But you're not going to go digging for that social proof. Right. You want that social proof to be visible and it has to match the need that you're trying to fill. Right. So yeah, they'll, you'll just pass them by. If you don't see the digital proof right away, it's just like move next and exactly. find the person who does. Exactly. So how does someone even begin to differentiate themselves? So differentiating yourself 
is often confused with simply about visibility and, mm-hmm. and self-promotion. And that doesn't really help. Um, the best way to think about differentiation is much like how you would think about a uh, a product um, that, mm. let's take an iPhone, for example. Right. Right. And if, if you think about the iPhone, well, it's not just great because it's great marketing. Mm-hmm. First of all, the product itself is really valuable right uh, it's delivers a ton of value to its users and the people that love iphones are super passionate and loyal and uh, get a lot of benefits from using that product right so it's the same concept even for an individual that it's not just about building your linkedin profile and you know marketing yourself mm-hmm. it first begins with the value that you create right and who do you create that value for mm-hmm and how do you express that value proposition in easily understood ways? And only after that does the whole promotion part of it come into play of right. now how do you get visibility for that? Um, so differentiation really is about not only you discovering your sweet spot, mm-hmm. but also ensuring that you're clear about who can benefit from that sweet spot or that value proposition right. and being able to communicate your message effectively. Makes total sense. So let's share then with our audience a couple maybe habits or hacks to help them define or describe what they want to be known for in order to differentiate themselves. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, one of the easiest ways to think about uh, your sweet spot and and really start that process of discovering it and getting clear about it is think about, first of all, the things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, What do you really enjoy doing professionally? that, uh, frankly, you would do for free. That is so much fun for you. Right. Um, second, think about um, what do you have experience and competency in that you have developed um, a level of expertise and you're seen as a go-to person for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and third, think about where's the demand in the marketplace mm. that aligns with things you're passionate about and things you have expertise and competency in. You know, at the intersection of those three things lies your sweet spot, Mm -hmm. because that is the unique value proposition that you bring to the marketplace that not only um, have you developed expertise in, but the market needs it. And you actually love doing that. Right. Okay. So now that you know your sweet spot, then the next thing really becomes, well, who is benefiting from that? And it's really important to be clear about your audience, Mm -hmm. your market segment that you serve the best. And often when people are doing a a certain job, they think more about the expertise. So they think about how they're rising up in the career, how their resume is getting built. Right. But they don't often get clear about, well, who are they serving? So the niche. The niche, right. Right. So Going back to the analogy about the iPhone, Mm -hmm. well, who is, you know, the iPhone has a certain sweet spot of value that it creates and benefits that it delivers and features and functions that it has, Mm -hmm. but it also has to know exactly who its target market is. Because Mm -hmm. if it's marketing the iPhone, no matter how beneficial the iPhone may be, but if it's marketing to the wrong segment of the population that either doesn't have the means to buy or doesn't have the value for it or isn't able to use it, Mm -hmm. no amount of marketing is going to get it the right conversion. So you have to think about your own marketing the same way. There's three parts to the differentiation. Mm -hmm. You have to know your sweet spot, which is your own internal process of discovery. Right. 
The second is you have to know who can benefit from what you bring to the table and you have to get really, really clear about that. Mm -hmm. And the third is how do you communicate to that audience what you bring to the table and how they benefit from it? Mm -hmm. If you can get those three parts right, then now you've got a story to tell and now you start to differentiate yourself. And, uh, you know, what we often see when it comes to women in the workplace mm -hmm. is that they get the first part clear, perhaps, right. to say, you know what, this is what I'm really great at. I'm an amazing designer. Or mm -hmm. I'm, a, uh, I'm really great at project management or I'm a, a fantastic strategist. Right. So they understand the sweet spot. But there's a gap in not understanding who can benefit from that. And who benefits from it is not necessarily your employer, your right. industry, your company. If you think about ultimately whose problems are you best at solving. So maybe you are best at solving the problem for these kind of users in this ah, type okay. of industry mm -hmm. um, or this kind of environment. So get really, really specific and clear about who benefits from what you bring to the table and then speak their language of the transformation that you create. Mm -hmm. What is it that you are able to do for them? What kind of problems do you solve for them mm -hmm. that takes away their pain or helps them gain some benefit? Mm -hmm. And once you get that part right, then the rest of it is just expressing that value prop. Um, and that's what really your digital presence needs to re reflect. That's fantastic. Okay, everyone, here's your homework for the week. Pick one habit or hack and take action today. And don't forget to share what you did on the Beyond Barriers Facebook group so we can celebrate you. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode. Thanks for listening. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode. And be sure to take the quiz on the website. Your score will tell you where you are, what helps you gain momentum, and what holds you back. You'll also get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your comments and topic suggestions on IamBeyondBarriers.com, and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast, or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.